Hello, everybody. My name is Jeremy Augusta, and I am joined by two guests today. You guys want to introduce yourselves? I am Emily Davis. I'm uh, Brent Gunn. I'm the podcast editor here at CM Life. Okay, and we're going to run through some quick headlines, and we're also going to do a voter's guide as well as a breakdown of the propositions. But first, I want to talk about probably, if not the, but one of my favorite news stories of the year, and that is Republican best boy Jacob Wool may or may not be going to prison. Now, if you don't know who Jacob Wool is, Jacob Wool is uh, currently 20 years old, and at the age of 19 or so, Jacob Wool um, started a hedge fund, proceeded to get banned from ever managing a hedge fund again, and pot almost going to prison. Um, he's a writer for um, Gateway Pundit, which is a super right-wing uh, like media organization. And then more recently, J- Jacob Wool is the owner of an intelligence agency called Surefire Intelligence, whose employees include a picture of him, but blacked out. So what? I'm showing it around. That was uh, his anonymity. Also, Christoph Waltz. Also, Christoph Waltz. Has a who big hand in, in the company, the actor. Uh, Christoph Waltz is an actor okay. who always plays a Nazi. Or, okay. like, always plays the German guy. Okay. And, like, he made him an employee and, like, made his, like portrait super white and blurry and then like changed his name and said he was like an Austrian investor. What? Um, they also had like a Jewish model. Yeah, that it was really <laughs> weird. Um, so Surefire Intelligence, what they did was they paid people or they paid women to say that Robert Mueller sexually assaulted them. What? How now, did I not hear about this? Now, they did this in a few in a few sloppy ways. So they the woman they paid who was supposed to be at a press conference they held after the story broke that mm-hmm. this was all BS. Um, she, they said, got on the wrong flight and could not appear at the press conference. So, like, she got had an anxiety attack and got on the wrong flight. Um, and so every news, every journalist in the room was like, what did you just say? <laughs> um, so they had no evidence behind that. And the date when she alleged it happened, Robert Mueller was in court. So he had an alibi for it. Mm-hmm. Now, you may be wondering, how did they figure out Jacob Bull did this? How, how did they know it was him when he had such fake names as Matthew Cohen and a blanked out <laughs> profile picture? Well, it turns out the IP address that the website for Surefire Intelligence was registered to was in his name and it was his own IP address. And the phone number listed was his mom's voicemail. <laughs> so when reporters called it, his mom picked up or like his 11 year old sisters picked up. And he and at the press conference, he he was like. These journalists harassed my oh little my sisters, and they're like, "Dude, you are the saddest thing ever." How old is this guy? He's twenty years old. Twenty years wow. old. Wow. <laughs> and if, if you could picture, <laughs> if you could picture, like you know, like in eighties movies, there was always like the jock, douchebag tennis player with like long blonde hair mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. If you could picture that person with a uh, like ditching the haircut, slicked back hair that has like virtually no. Oh, no. No, no contingency of like a personality whatsoever. Yeah. Like they, they were just born and they assumed, all right, how do I get rich? Yeah. And who, what evil thing do I have to do to get rich as fast as possible? And they are 20 years old and they finally found one way to do it. And I love wow. during the uh, press conference, Jacob Wool, did he try using the I went to Harvard meme? Is that what he I was think guy he getting called out on? legitimately said that. And he, okay, so he gets what's called corn cobbed. So Demsoch Twitter has these extremely esoteric names for, mm-hmm. for things. And like corn cobbing is when you just like make a fool out of a conservative. Okay. So he's, he's, he's been a, the butt of a lot of jokes for years. And one of the biggest ones is he used to tweet like, 
I was just in a very liberal cafe and blank. So mm-hmm. one of them, he was like, and I heard a group of black people talking about how excited they were to vote for Donald Trump. So like he constantly gets made fun of for like tweeting this these stupid things. He's always been which, like this. Which, which yes. that is okay. a very common like political commentator thing. They create like fakes it. Like I was in the store the other day and some transgenders were talking about how they want to kill cis people. Yeah. They were right. wanting to have an orgy in the bread aisle. It's like, no, <laughs> this didn't happen. Like, well, that's not real. You just made this up because you needed something on your desk. His, Him and his dad also um, have been made fun of by professional MLB players. Um, just anybody who's, like, sane who's encountered this guy can mm-hmm. just relentlessly. <laughs> he said he's actually become self-aware now. So uh, Alec Baldwin recently p- punched someone, and he, he tweeted, I saw Alec Baldwin walking into a hipster coffee shop. So at least he he knows that he's being made a fool of. Right. But, like the really sad implication is that they're trying to use this whole like Me Too thing against Robert Mueller in like a very like Hail Mary way. Yes. There's like, well, see, the Democrats thought they could take down Kavanaugh with, you know, quote unquote fake allegations. Although one of them. So now we're going to try of, taking Mueller down with fake allegations. Like it's just it, it's robbing. What the hell? It's robbing sexual assaults every day. Of every layer of like actual merit and like consequence it has in society to the point where it just becomes like this political tool that can be used to like just defame another right. group of rich people. Yeah. And making it much harder for actual sexual assault victims to get justice. Or yeah. or, or to even be able to have a conversation about right. about their experience. Cause it's yeah. just like, oh well, you were sexually assaulted. You're probably just saying that because you're a liberal or because like it's just mm-hmm. One of the things uh, Jacob said at the press conference was, um, I usually don't believe women, or my default <laughs> is to not believe women, but Surefire Intelligence uh, investigated and we believe her. And someone raised their hand like, isn't Surefire Intelligence just you? And he basically just didn't have an answer for that. So that's uh, Jacob Wool, and he may possibly go to jail. He's he's the, the, han- the handsomest black pillar out there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like in the same tier as like Charlie Kirk. And like, oh, Charlie Kirk had some uh, some some uh, Kanye shoes on at at a, a, a Politicon. He had the Wave Runners on, trying to be so so hip. He's trying so hard. Kanye and uh, like, okay, so did you follow Kanye tweeting that he's like no longer gonna su- like he was tricked into supporting conservatives? What? Well, he no. said he said I'm that pull he, his his words were like twisted against him. And oh man, I'm so sick. I of can't that. follow okay. Kanye. He's I, I, I love a Kanye coaster. to death, and I I just hope that he understands that maybe maybe bringing people together isn't always the best idea in some in some instances <laughs> yeah some people should not be brought together some people shouldn't be reached out to wait so is he renouncing trump now no he's, he he's just kind of like saying like i'm not gonna be overtly political because what i do can be like reappropriated to things i don't necessarily agree with oh, like like candace owens like yes. like candace owens she apparently like dropped kanye's name with this this brand thing that she was doing and Kanye didn't know about it. And Candace Owens, you know, Turning Point USA. Yeah. So she's just, yeah. So there was a lot of uh, conservatives who were like going at each other too for how Mm -hmm. to react to this Kanye thing. And none of them quite had it down. It was, it was painful. I really can't find the, I I retweeted it. I don't know why I can't find it. (laughs) Yeah. um, Jacob Wool and Charlie Kirk, they're both like, they're, they're both hatchlings from the same, like, strange like think think tank nebulous that birthed them i don't know exactly <laughs> where these people come from but they they just like appear and they just have a lot of money i don't and they're think young. they're like human i think they're grown in labs yeah they, where do they get all this money from just to like 
They're, 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 there's trust. Are fund. they from rich families? Trust, trust funds. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's trust funds. They know somebody, mm-hmm. or they just work these like completely nonsensical, like uh, you know, like district jobs. Like, oh, they essentially got coffee for lawyers, and they make a thousand dollars a week. Right. Mm-hmm. There's also um, okay. So I found the I found the Kanye West tweet. Okay. My eyes are now wide open, and I now realize I've been used to spread messages I don't believe in. I'm distancing myself from politics and completely focusing on being creative. And as a Kanye West fan, there is no better tweet than this one because now I can finally like show people like, okay, Kanye's out of politics now. Like, if he's actually I, out of politics, he hasn't tweeted about politics since then. So. When was this? Uh, this I just was Yandy to drop. This was October thirtieth. <laughs> Okay, so he less were, than a week ago. We're four days in. It's, or five days in. Wow, it feels like so long ago. Oh my god. <laughs> it feels like uh-huh. that feels like weeks ago. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh in Trump news, he's still being Trump. Um I don't really think we need to talk too much about Donald Trump. He's threatening everyone. Threatening everybody, uh ramping up the um Emma the uh Oh, he actually did. He's throwing a lot of Hail Marys about this migrant caravan thing. Yeah, because he's really relying on it to try and get Republicans out to vote. Um, Mm -hmm. And like some early voting percentages have been like 400 in Texas, like 400 percent up since 2014. So that's really good. And I think that's why Trump's so worried. He also told U.S. like he told the military on the border that if rocks are thrown, they have permission to shoot. I know. That's absolutely 100% ridiculous. He didn't even need to give them permission. They were probably, some of them, not all of them, were probably already fired up and ready to do something. He doesn't need to make it even worse. Yeah, and, and I think we can all just expect what's hap- what's going to happen more than likely. Yeah, and bloodshed. also the whole lie of, like, you know, why don't they just stay in Mexico Many are. Many are staying back. Like they came from like Honduras, Guatemala. Yeah, a lot of them, a are, lot of them are staying in Mexico mm-hmm. because Mex- the Mexican government has said has allowed some people to say, I believe like 5,000 have stayed behind in Mexico already because wow. there's like the treks too much. Mm-hmm. And well, of uh, course, it's not an easy thing. You have to be fleeing from a horrible life if you're willing to go through that. Yeah. It can't and like be that, easy. And that's something a lot of people don't really take about this whole like the whole thing of like being a a. Uh, refugee is like they always point that oh these people want to come and like exploit these like rich European or these rich Western countries but you forget like the bare bones like geography of it like if we Mm -hmm. talk about like the migrant crisis over in Europe do you think people would rather go to Russia or Germany right where do you think they would rather go where do you think you would go would you go south to Brazil or would you go (laughs) to America right it's it's and then like you know I saw this like and this is the worst place to take information from. But like, you ever see those like vice things that they do where they're like, we brought this group and this group together oh, to see like if they could vice. have. I like it. Uh, vice right. inspires me a lot. It's not a source of hard for, yeah, news, right, but sure, it yeah. is pretty interesting. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. And like, they had this one about immigration, and there's this one like young Mexican guy talking about, you know, how he's very pro-Trump and against immigration. And they kind of said, like, well, how did you get here? And he said, my parents brought me here. And they said, well, do you think they did it illegally? And he said, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> and that's just, like, the main point of the problem. It's it's just, like, the whole, like, anti-vaxxing thing. It's just these people consumed with, well, I believe this, and it's irrelevant how how it how it affects my life or how it doesn't. Because it's just, I have this this belief, and, I, like, any, any hypocrisy just does not matter. Because mm-hmm. what's worse, me being a hypocrite or... The country being invaded. Yeah, it's lack of empathy. That, yeah. 100%. And, and the lack of empathy is now a political opinion now. Yeah. Because if you're empathetic, 
you're overly sensitive. You're, you're a right. snowflake. And it's okay to not care about anyone else. But the people who have these opinions, like yeah. you said, I don't think they get what it means to yeah. actually have that opinion in public policy. And they'll policy. never change because any kind of documentation you show them, oh, well, that came from a liberal source. Like, like I, 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 I could pull up a, a report from like the World Ho- the World Health Organization mm-hmm. and it would not so matter. George Soros-funded like, organization, exactly, that's why. Exactly. I, uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to get angry if we keep are, talking about all just, that. <laughs> I, I think the blanket statement here is... Um, people suck. People suck and people should not use their ideas... Don't take an idea and make that part of your own self-worth because you will never, ever get your mind changed on that idea. Well, like, do, do you guys genuinely think that the, this whole week with, like, the pipe bombs, the synagogue shooting, and now this whole migrant thing, do you really think this is going to mobilize voters against Trump and bring about, like, this blue wave? I don't think any of this matters. I See, think I'm, it matters. I, I, I think it I think the synagogue probably matters the most. I think it matters I think that's so something much. that that really kind of resonated with people in a very specific way. But I'm just yeah. not sure if I feel like the hold that Trump has from a social perspective, especially yeah. like a propagandic perspective, mm-hmm. is just too strong right now. I agree, but I do think this whole year has been just pretty ridiculous. And I think at least the more liberal side of the population will hopefully come out a little more than they have, especially younger people. I don't know. That's my hope. Yeah. Our, in Michigan, like Gretchen Whitmer is polling at like 12% yeah. above shooting, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, I'm going to look up more polling numbers. But I, I did some more research because last week I, I made the claim that I think Donald Trump's an anti-Semite, and I do still think that. Um, and I, I wasn't quite brushed up on on the reasons I, I have those beliefs. Okay. So I went back. And there is a document of him um, basically saying the only people I want to touch my money are Jews. And I also like you you said his son-in-law is Jewish. So like he shouldn't be an anti-Semite. And to me, that sounds a lot like I have a black friend. I can't be racist. And well, I mean, I get that. But also like he can't hate Jewish people that much. I think there's other people he hates more. Yeah, like, well, like black to, people I, and women. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't remember. Who, <laughs> I can't remember who made the point last week about. Um, Trump isn't an anti-Semite because he set up like the the, the embassy in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, that was Elio. And that, yeah, and no offense to Elio, but I think that that's that that reminds me of like, well, I have a black friend yeah. because it's like, do I really give Trump a pass for instigating and just continuing American foreign policy, which has been dictated by Zionism? That's clear what it is. He doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit about. He doesn't know anything about Judaism. Well, I just think of all the things to like. Be pissed off at Trump, Trump about over. like there's so much worse he's done. I think as far as Jewish people go, he hasn't been too terrible. Well, I think there's a difference between being pro-Israel and like pro-Jew. Exactly, he's definitely exactly. pro-Israel. Mm-hmm. And like I, I can be anti-Israel and, and not Jew. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I have agree. no <laughs> problem with Jewish people whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But the state of Israel has fundamental problems mm-hmm. with it. Like I think most people would probably ag- agree with that. But mm-hmm. Trump. Being pro-Israel is him trying to say, "Look, I'm pro-Jew," and that mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, a huge, like, that that that's a get out of jail free card. Right. I guess the point I think I was trying to make with like Jared Kushner and everything, like he obviously I don't even know what his title is, but he has some he, sort of role. He, he he's an advisor. So, to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just wishful thinking, but I would hope that because he's in the office, like Jewish people aren't 
the at the bottom of the totem pole right now. I think there's some people who should fear a little more just because his opinion, Ivanka's opinion, are being heard a little bit, hopefully, you know. Yeah, I think it's just sad that I like when I saw this whole thing happen, I, it was just like one of those moments for, for me where I was just like, oh, my God, this is this is like another level, you know. Because I've, I've I've encountered horrible. a lot of like anti it's galaxy brain. We've mm-hmm. all encountered like anti semitism online. Yeah, we've all read like a YouTube comment. I'm on r slash the Donald every day. But this is horrible. this is kind of like a new like materialization of that. And uh, yeah, it's I I'm not sure if this is going to be a big like transformational thing for people, but I can only pray it is. <laughs> I'm at least hoping for Jewish people it is. I mean, my I, boyfriend and his family are Jewish, and I know that had to have. You know, that had to have hit home yeah, really I've hard. Seen like plenty of friends on my Facebook, like pouring out their hearts. I think I even had some friends that are like from that like kind of Pittsburgh region. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird thing that like I may have like not had someone in my life anymore that like I I somewhat respect and know. Right. Because some maniac killed them because he thought they were Jewish. And like, what's even more interesting about that is like they had reports that in the synagogue when they came across like the bodies of the you know, people that were killed, they were, they could prove that they were being defensive. They were mm-hmm. trying to implement defensive strategies that they were, cause they were being taught defense by, I can't remember who, but they were getting defense classes, members wow. of that church, mm-hmm. anticipating if a shooter should ever come in. Oh my God. And the, the investigators were saying, we could say that like they were implementing those tactics. They were trying to fight back. Mm. That's which, so horrible. All uh, those poor elderly people. <laughs> That is Which devastating. That, 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 that to me just proves like that spirit of, of Judaism in America, like that fighting spirit mm-hmm. that 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 kind of like really strong. it really resonated resonated with me a lot. And it mm-hmm. angers me so much that just this this ignorance, like I'm in a Nazi Germany class right now mm-hmm. and we learn so much about how, you know, fascism attacks this idea of like cultural Jewishness and cultural Judaism. It's mm-hmm. it's still here. Of course it is. It's, it's just and kind it's just of transformed it's just a little bit. Freaky to see it materialize in real life. <clears throat> did you did you guys see the Pittsburgh Gazette? Um, what they printed on their no, cover? I'm no, no. Um, they had a really great uh, like tribute. Um, I'm gonna try and find it. Um, Pittsburgh Gazette. I think that's what it's called. I think that's what the paper is called. Um, what can I type in to get this to come up? Pittsburgh Gazette um, shooting. I feel like that's. I would try that. This yeah. is America. There's too much. I'm gonna type in synagogue. Type in front page. Yeah, I don't think this is gonna come up. So we're talking. Oh yeah, yeah. I found it. I found it. Um, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette printed um, in Hebrew and then in English underneath it. Oh wow. Um, they printed the first words of the Jewish mourners' prayer: "Magnified and sacrificed be your name, to be recited tonight on the first Sabbath since the tragedy at Tree of Life." So that was a really great thing they could mm-hmm. they did on their front cover. I'll show you guys. Oh, I love that. I don't know if there's a picture of it further down, but mm, that's so sad. Yeah, it's a really good tribute. Um, yeah, it's cool. And I think the way that everybody except Donald Trump and the Republican Party um, handled this was good. I think everybody did a great job of. Well, he was asked not to come. Yeah. Yeah, and then he did anyway. And then he did anyway, and it's just like like I don't want to be a person who is constantly complaining about Trump. <laughs> but like it's hard not to and I, I very rarely do quite often I think I'm complaining about like Democrats more but right if they ask you not to come just don't come just literally wait out of a week. respect just wait a anything. week mm-hmm. it's not like the, it, 
they ask so little. Mm-hmm. They're really, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys want to get into yes. um, a little lighthearted topic? Um, let's do it. So did you, I sent you the document. Can you pull it up? Maybe you can read some of these off. Um, yeah, let's do that. Do you want to read? Um, here, I'll read the uh, for the governor's race and then we can okay. talk about it. Um, so this is the start of our 2018 voters guide for Michigan for governor. Our Republican candidate is Bill Schuette. Um, He is the current attorney general. He wants to cut auto insurance rates. He's pro-Second Amendment. He's endorsed by the Michigan Chamber of Commerce, Mike Pence, and other Republicans. So you kind of know what you're in for with him. Um, Oh, and always we should say that we're Democrats and we're probably all going to vote pretty much straight ticket Democrats. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we have Gretchen. Not not me. You're not voting straight (laughs) ticket? I can't vote. Oh, you can't vote? Why can't you vote? I'm not registered in this... uh County, I guess. Yeah, me, me neither. I'm not and registered. I'd, I'd have to drive home. Oh, see, I just got registered here. I yeah. really at school. I I, I had a lot have. of I had a lot of deep. I'm a very I'm Pride. a very prideful person. I'm sorry. <laughs> at least you admit it. I have it. very Thank complicated you. political impulses. <laughs> okay, our Democrat Gretchen Whitmer, who I actually want to talk about. Did you write the CM Life endorsement for Gretchen Whitmer? I did. Okay, I'd like to talk yes, about I that did. after. All right. Um, I also would like to talk about Bill Schuette yeah. briefly, if we can talk yeah, about absolutely. it, reopening. We have plenty of time. Okay. Um, okay, so Gretchen Whitmer, she was the Senate Democrat leader. She wants to fix the damn roads, <laughs> uh, promote skilled labor. She's endorsed by Move On, Democracy for America, Arab American Political Action Committee, the Detroit Pre Press, and of course, CM Life, personally, by <laughs> Emily right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a few candidates down the line. Um, I will say candidates. <laughs> y- you probably should not vote third party. Um, I could do a whole uh, episode on why voting third party is against your best interest. I have nothing against these people, and I'm sure some of them are great candidates, and some of the down ballot third party candidates are probably better than either Democrat or Republican. Uh, the thing is, they're just probably not going to win, and voting for them costs your person a vote. Our, so if you're our, our governmental system doesn't really allow them to win. Yeah. Like if we were in a coalition system, it, you'd have a better time. No, yeah, it's 100 percent the system. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm again, if any of these candidates are reading, I have nothing against you. I'm sure you're great people. And there is one <laughs> third party candidate I do want to talk about because his ads are pretty great. OK, um, there is Bill Gialanu, who's the libertarian Todd Schlanger, U.S. Taxpayers Party, Jennifer V. Kurland, who's for the Green Party and Keith Butkovich, who's the Natural Law Party. Does anybody know what the Natural Law Party is? I meant to look that up, but nope. I didn't. They're like the social Darwinist party. They just believe in like pure natural order. Okay. Just let, let, let nature take its course. Wow. I have no idea. That's okay. I have yeah. no idea. You're ad-libbing that one. Okay. So that's for the governors. Now you can talk about Bill Schuette and then we can talk about Gretchen Whitmer. Okay. So one thing I just wanted to say about Bill Schuette, for those of you who don't know, I wrote a story a few weeks ago. Well, it was published a few weeks ago in CM Life about a sexual assault survivor. Her name is Rachel Wilson. And she basically had the most difficult time trying to get her sexual assault case prosecuted in Isabella County Court. Um, The prosecutors pretty much just 100 percent screwed her over, said horrible, sexist things to her and dismissed the case on lack of evidence. And the two year statute of limitations on her case passed and she was pretty much out of luck, couldn't do anything about it, which is why why I wrote the story. And um, it got awesome feedback and attention. I was super happy with it. And the thing that made me the most happy and Rachel the most happy was that um, Attorney General Bill Schuette actually reached out to her and asked her to come into his office and um, 
he decided to reinstate the felony charges against her attacker and reopen her case, which a lot of people online, when we publish that story, seem pretty angry about it because they think that it's just a political move by him, which it might be, but I don't really care just because I think it's awesome for her. It's about her. It's not about him. I just want to say that because so many stupid Facebook comments on that story were just all about how horrible it is for him to do this, but it's pretty great, actually. I don't agree with 90% of what he does, but I think this is awesome. I don't I don't really think it matters what your political standing is. If, regardless, like if Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. Someone who's willing to reopen this case and give it another shot and really give it the time it deserved and the time it needs, um, I think that's great on him, regardless of what his intentions were. Amazing, yeah. It's still yeah. a good result. Um, anything else? <clears throat> No, I okay. just wanted to say that. That was one of the best stories I've read in a really long time. That and Isaac's story. Oh, I love that story too. Not political, but really heartwarming. <laughs> Maybe we'll put that at the end, just a okay. uh, feel-good thing. Right. Um, okay, and then for the governor's race, um, Real Clear Politics has Gretchen Whitmer at an 8.2 uh, lead. Oh, I thought recently. it was higher than that. It's fallen, um, mm. 4% roughly. Okay. Um, okay, so... Obviously, this is Gretchen Wimmer's our favorite here mm-hmm. at this table. Um, I'm not excited <laughs> about Gretchen Wimmer at all. No one is. Like the the endorsement made it seem like it is, but you can't really endorse someone and be like, "Who else?" I endorse her over Bill Shooty. Okay. One thing I think you should have mentioned about Bill Shooty, he is endorsed by Right to Life Political Action. Yeah, I assumed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much a given, but... Yeah. So he's pro-life, Gretchen Wimmer's pro-choice. Yes, and he has said several times he would support reversing Roe v. Wade. Yeah, which is lunacy. Um, <laughs> okay, next up is Secretary of State. I have some stuff from their own website written underneath them, so if one of you guys want to read them out, or you guys can switch off. Uh, I'll do the first. Republican. Okay. I uh, may be somehow distantly related, because I do have relatives who last name, whose last name is Lang. <laughs> so that's that not an endorsement. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Just food for thought. Uh, in 2013, um, I'm reading here, so quote, uh, in 2013, Mary entered the public sector when she started at uh, Vista Maria as vice president of development program. Uh, Mary and her team worked with vulnerable youth in an effort to help them successfully transition into adulthood with life and workforce development skills to succeed and contribute to their communities. Recently, Mary moved to the newly created position of vice president of major gifts. And I really, I love reading things like uh, uh, workforce development skills, because I'm really curious what, what they define workforce development skill as. Does that mean like trying to make it so that workers can't bargain for better wages or, you know, a, a longer break? I'm, I'm curious what that means, because they use very vague terms talking about like what is what is workforce development? Mm-hmm. Well, when we talk about our Democrat, we're going to have more of those terms because both right, of them exactly. describe themselves. All right. So our Democrat is Jocelyn Benson. She is currently the CEO and executive director of a national nonprofit called the Ross Initiative in Sports for Equality. She serves on several national boards, including the advisory board of iCivics, which is a nonprofit founded by retired U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor and is dedicated to engaging students in meaningful civic learning. Okay, so those are your Secretary of State candidates. I can't imagine this is a personality contest. I, <laughs> I've never seen an ad for either of these candidates. Um, and Me then either. someone want to, want to give us a rundown of our two um, 
our two rounders at the bottom, Greg and Bob. Well, the libertarian candidate is Gregory Stott Stemfel. Is that how you say his last Probably. name? And Robert Gale. AP didn't is, know how to pronounce these names either. The U.S. taxpayers? U.S. taxpayers okay. candidate. All um, right. Then our attorney general. So this is a bit more of a, um, this is a bit more of a, like, do actually doing something and making policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Leonard, Republican, wants to fix elder abuse, sexual abuse, civil asset fortitude, um, uh, which means you must be convicted before assets can be seized. Okay. A little bit of information, and I really like that last bit, civil asset fortitude, because that's a big problem. In 2015, Washington Post reports, police took more from people than burglars did. Um, wow. So whenever I tell people that stat, they don't believe me, but that is the facts. Because um, cops are good. Police <laughs> are good, yes, always, no matter what. Dana Nessel is a Democrat. She's pro-civil rights, pro-union, and wants to legalize pot. Well, so there's that's a Wow, I saw platform. A, a, a Democrat that's uh, is pro union. I, 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 I haven't seen a pro union Democrat. In They've been really quiet about a while. being pro union. The Democrats in Michigan. Yeah, it's not not surprising, but you know, I don't see Gretchen Whitmer cool. saying she's going to bolster the unions. Okay, um, U.S. Senator. These this is probably other than Governor the second most important race on here. Um, somebody want to read through them? Oh, uh, there's John James, the uh, Republican. And uh, Debbie Stabenow, the Democrat, who's a moderate Democrat. John James has the backing of Trump. He's very much so a Trump-style guy. I think he's trying to ride that wave of presidential hype mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, Dab- Debbie Stabenow, boy, I think she's <laughs> a weak candidate. She, I think that she's the epitome. Like she's when, I, when a I see her, candidate. when I look at her, I see a PMRC yeah. ad from like 1988. She's definitely old Democrat. She's, she's I, up I see, 10 points. Uh, I see Tipper Gore. When I look at her, I see Tipper Gore Democrats. Hmm. Interesting. Like that that era. Yeah, of, of, yeah. Of, you're, of, you're of, not wrong. You know, like democratic policy. Yeah. It's just out of touch, like 20 years in the past. I, I, I have no idea how these people stay around. For some reason, <laughs> and I don't know why, I think it's because um, I believe this includes the Metro Detroit area where a lot of people are just so used to electing Debbie Stabenow, they're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. She's up 10 points, even though John James strikes me as a really strong Republican. He's an African-American. He was in the military. And if he, like, I could see him giving Debbie Stabenow a run for her money, and he's got a lot of money behind him. Trump's Trump has endorsed him, and um, what's his name? Rudy Giuliani tried to endorse him, but he <laughs> called him Don. <laughs> it's like Don James is one of the best candidates in Michigan. Well, he was, he was just confused that day. He's so old. <laughs> he's he confused long one. every he's day. He's always yeah. Well, the, we can say like the polls only can tell us so much. That's the one thing we should know from the 2016 election. Absolutely. If we think they might be strong, then they really might be a strong candidate in the yeah. actual election. Yeah, I I honestly can. I think he's gonna outperform this real clear politics um, polling number. I think mm-hmm. he's gonna. I think it'll probably be five percent. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's going to get he's going to get walloped at 10 percent. Um, OK, next up is fourth district state representative. Um, somebody want to read through those? OK, the Republican candidate is John Molinar. 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 OK, he is a U.S. representative since 2015. He is currently a member on the House Committee on Appropriations, a committee responsible for passing appropriation bills along with its Senate counterpart, and is a member of the Republican Study Committee and the Republican Main Street Partnership, which is... Oh, he is anti-Obamacare? 
Yes. Yeah. John okay. Molinaris. All right. And the Democrat is Jerry Hilliard. 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 His main goal, okay, he said, my main goal with the help of labor unions in our Democratic parties as 4th District representative is to rebuild the middle class through pro-middle class policy legislation and economics, healthcare, and labor law. What What does that mean? It, okay, it's, so it's vague, but I like the idea of him being more kind of like uh, mu- municipal rather than mm-hmm. like, you know, large governmental. Yeah. So it's very, very vague. I actually yeah. talked to Jerry Hillard and I really like him really? as a candidate. He's not. He's probably not going to win. If you're voting here and you look down ballot, this is a candidate really worth voting for because he has fleshed out ideas and he he has some mm-hmm. sort of experience. I believe he's worked on several city councils and I've done a few a few pieces on him. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly nice guy. And he actually responds to my phone calls and Facebook messages, whereas John <laughs> Molinar did not. Um, so there's your fourth district state rep. If you look down ballot and please look down ballot or vote straight ticket, but please vote for something. For somebody, um, Jerry Hillard's a really a really great candidate and a really nice person that you should that you should look at. And when he says common sense gun policy, does that mean that he's like more common sense gun reform or common sense like gun allowance? So this is up to some interpretation, and it's meant to be. Okay. Um, I I believe that Jerry Hillard, like a lot of Democrats in Michigan, are kind of those like we don't want to touch the gun thing candidate, and they should be. Um, mm-hmm. there's another guy down the list, Mark Bignall, that we'll talk about, who's also this way where they just really don't want to, they don't want to promote gun control and they don't really want to like, they want to be neutral. They don't want to be out there on that position. Cause that's a hard position to recover from in yeah. Michigan. Um, that's, that's the fourth district for the 33rd district state Senator. We have Rick Outman, who's the Republican who also did not reply to my Facebook messages and phone calls. <laughs> Um, Outman's political experience includes serving three terms as state house representative for the 70th district from 2011 to 2016. The Democrat Mark Bignall, admittedly not a strong Democratic candidate. In fact, um, he was more of like a third party candidate that I think just wrote like he would he would be passable as like a Democratic socialist candidate. Probably Um, my biggest goal would be the honor of the tenets of my candidates with a contract. Now, he wrote a very long essay type thing um, where he broke down a contract he wants with voters. Um, He wants a state tax full disclosure act, he told me, which requires a statement to be provided to taxpayers at the point of filing, breaking down how state taxes are spent by the state. So basically that means you would get a piece of paper saying this is how your your taxes were spent. Um, It's not a horrible idea. No, it's not. It's interesting. Um, On gun control, he stands with law-abiding citizens who are avid, responsible gun owners, hunters, and sportsmen as well as children and anyone whom are at risk when the wrong people are in possession. So um, trying to unpack and interpret that, he is sort of the same, like, yeah, maybe like common sense gun control. So we're not going to overregulate it and stuff like that. Right. I, th- I think going off that paragraph, I think that's probably a that's a better stance for Democrats to have on guns than just outright like guns are bad. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I think that you need to kind of bring people in. And I think Definitely. that the, the Democrats should be more pro-gun. I think that they kind of lose the argument sometimes. I think they just are so worried about safety that they kind of lose. Like They just want to do away with all of it because they're so sick of shootings and everything. But their approach, some of their approaches have been. One of the things I liked about Abdul El-Sayed, who is no longer in the governor race, obviously, mm-hmm. but he really supported like common sense gun control and gun yeah. reform. Yeah. So Looking at the huge race that Gretchen Whitmer has and in retrospect— I think Abdul would have had a a possibility of winning 
if he was if he would have been the Democrat pick. Um, I did not think that at the time I of the election. So I thought he was going to get walloped. I think he could have won yeah. because he's just such a new he's a very kind of candidate. Too. Yeah, he's so likable. Hard to like Bill Every Shooty. time, oh, I love Abdul. I got to meet him twice, and really? he's just That's so great. Yeah, well, I, I remember told me that people so were really rooting for Shri, <laughs> and then Shri pulled way lower. Oh, I hate he, he, you know, ended up doing way worse than people thought he was going Thank to God. be. Yeah. Thankfully, but he like, doesn't come met him as well. He comes across as a I have weird audio guy. on my old phone of me interviewing him, and it's just. One of the most awkward interviews I've ever done. I want to see like far. Vic Berger do like an edit of Shree interviews. You guys know Vic Berger? Yeah. Like, I don't want to like hear Shree ever again for the rest of my life, I don't think. Sorry, Shree, if you're listening. I don't mean to insult you. Um, okay, now let's talk about what race is this? This is a race I've seen a ton of advertising for. So this mm-hmm. is the this representative is- in state legislature. So 99th district. And it is Roger Hawk. <laughs> I'm looking around for confirmation. Yeah. Nobody. Okay. Uh, and I then think. Kristen Brown. Um, who's okay? So Roger Hawk's ads are really bad, and they're like embarrassingly so negative. Browns. Oh my Kristen God. Browns are just plain cringy. I don't know if I've seen hers. How? It's just every a, time I'm on YouTube, I yeah, see YouTube. nothing but her. Ads. Which one is? It's just a picture of her, and then it like there's like poppy music playing, mm-hmm. and then it says like the future is progressive. Oh yeah, woman, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kristen Brown supports local schools. Yeah. yeah. Just, all right. They're real bad. Cool. Um, okay, so somebody. Uh, read out a little bit. Actually, I'll do this bit. Um, so on higher ed, Hawk said in an interview with CM Life, um, let me try and unpack this because it's a wall of text. A majority of students who graduate from institutions like Central Michigan University stay in Michigan after they graduate, and I would like to see a distribution of money to take that into account. Okay. So both of these people are trying to like out pro education each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on pot, uh, where did I break? Okay. So on pot, Hawk kind of said he was like not against it, but he doesn't really like Proposition One. Um, Kristen Brown said she supports the legalization and she will be voting for Proposition One um, on gun control. And I want to talk. I want to talk about Kristen Brown's stance on this because I think okay. it's interesting. Um, obviously, Hawk is for it. He's a Republican, but Kristen Brown did something that a lot of Democrats have been doing, where they call out uh, common sense gun control and wanting to close the gun show loophole. And not a lot of people know what the gun show loophole is, so I'm going to try to explain it. Mm. Um, this is according to lawcenter.giffords.com. I don't know if that's like a, a good org, website. So it's I would org. say, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good website, but this is, in my own personal experience, lines up. So they write, Michigan law requires the buyer of a handgun to have either a handgun purchase license or a license to carry a concealed handgun if the seller is not a federally licensed dealer. Respective handgun purchases and concealed handgun licenses are subject to background checks as part of the licensing process. So when you sell a handgun from person to person, you need to go to the police and they give you, in my experience, it's been like a yellow half sheet of paper, and you need to fill that out, both parties do, and they do a background check on you to make sure that you can sell the gun. That is some sort of background stuff. What the gun show loophole is, is that if you are selling a long rifle or anything that isn't a pistol to someone, You do not need to do any paperwork if it's a citizen-to-citizen sale. So if you go to a gun show, people can say, hey, I'll give you $500 for that gun on your back right now. And they can give you $500 cash, and you can give them that gun. And that is 100% legal. And that's any age, right? Or at Um, least over 18. Over 18. Yeah. Yeah, And and it's framed as like a a liberty argument. It's framed Mm -hmm. as, see, citizens have the liberty to exchange firearms with each other. And it's just like this complete reappropriation of what liberty should mean to people. Yeah. Well, that's 
Yeah. It's like you have, you have the freedom, the freedom to buy gun and guns and toothpastes, but you don't have a freedom not to get shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There exactly. Was, there was a um, like a convention center kind of called Gibraltar. It's called like Gibraltar Center or something like that where I'm from. And they would have different sh- like expos every weekend. And one of the times it was a gun show expo. Are you looking it up? Because it's out of business right now. If you if <laughs> if you look it up, it's like you could buy anything there like bongs, like airsoft stuff. You could get massages, tattoos. I'm pretty sure. people. What? Yeah. Anything. It was it was basically like, like Spencer's gifts. It was that a great market. Fun. And there was the Amish were there selling soap and cheese. <laughs> It, I swear to God, it was a fever dream. The, 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 the Mennonites were giving people tattoos. A, yeah. Every time Sounds I walked like in there, it was like the Walmart, but like 10% worse. Walmart. Um, so that's what the gun show loophole is. And when Democrats say wanting to show the gun show loophole and don't explain what it is, that's the thing they want to close. I don't know what you do about that. Maybe you make it the same thing as the pistols. But like if I'm a dude and I said, hey, can I buy your gun? You're like, yeah, sure, just come over and I'll give it to you. That's how it works right now, and that's how it's probably going to work for a long time because I don't see Democrats passing that. Um, okay, do you guys want to talk about the pro- probate court judge? There is, this is a nonpartisan <clears throat> position, by the way. All right. I'll do Stuart Black. Okay. Um, so for Stuart Black, uh, it says, Stuart has spent his career at the Isabella County Prosecutor's Office where he's developed experience and uh, expertise handling of juvenile cases, abuse and neglect cases, mental health hearings, guardianships, child abuse cases, uh, felonies, misdemeanors, etc. Stewart has a wealth of uh, courtroom experience, and more specifically, he has experience unique to the probate judge position. And for plans, oh boy. So Stewart's top priority is bringing a mental health court to Isabella County. Mental health courts are an alternative form of sentencing for those with mental health issues. Goals of mental health courts include reducing uh, recidivism, uh, which is repeated criminal behavior, Obtaining medical care, improving quality of life, and achieving stable housing. I think that sounds pretty good because yeah. that sounds like a move away from a more yeah. like kind of punitive justice system, mm-hmm. which I'm very much in support of. Yeah. So that sounds pretty nice. That is paper. all uh, from his website, by the way. And talking to him, this was a really fleshed out idea, and he seemed really excited <clears> about <throat> it. He seems genuinely excited and dedicated to making this a reality, and I think that's a really great thing. I, I think that's a good idea because, like, I. I know that it's very hard for people sometimes to mental health is a really hard thing to talk about with people. Mm-hmm. And it's even harder when you bring the police into it or when you yeah. bring law enforcement into it. Like that's when mm-hmm. that, that's why the Parkland students, when they had that one proposal about kind of uh, bringing law enforcement more into like these mental health screenings at hospitals. Mm-hmm. That's why like a lot of people were kind of like a little put off by that idea because Usually people are afraid to come forward and be as honest as they could be because they're worried about that kind of like, you know, mandatory reporting. Yeah. Stuff. It seems like this would be a much more effective personal tool to help people. I would love to see this. Yeah, definitely. The other candidate is Sarah Spencer Noddle. I've seen her ads everywhere the last couple of weeks. I have not heard of this person. Really? Oh, she's all over my Facebook. Um, she worked at the Michigan Court of Appeals you don't as have a pre-hearing attorney. Some of the bullet points. Um, thank you, Jeremy. There's a lot of them. She serves as chairperson of the Isabella County Commission's ad hoc committee on indigent, indigent, indignant, indignant. I don't. I, I know I that word. Oh, thank you. Indignant defense, leading a committee composed of the prosecutor, sheriff, county commissioners, and representatives of the trial court and county. She serves on the Isabella County Trial Court's adult drug court team. She's an experienced courtroom lawyer with a decade of experience as a prosecutor and defender. 
Um, so her plans are fair and impartial treatment for everyone who enters the court system. I feel like that should be a given. Yeah. Um, continued and expanded use of sub- substance abuse, mental health, and veteran service- services, and exploring the creation of adult and juvenile mental health courts. Okay. Efficient docketing of cases and trials to reduce court time for litigants. Litigants. Right. Uh, Litigants, litigants, I think. I don't know. These are hard words. If uh, you're a candidate, um, get get a journalist to write these because we'll (laughs) use grade reading level. Yeah, Yeah. we'll use words that people can understand. Active community partnerships with our schools and social service agencies to improve the quality of life for participants in the court system. Okay, she's not quite as focused. (laughs) I feel like uh, that's so vague. And if you're going to run for any sort of public office, you need to really tell people what you're gonna do and why you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you also need to, and this is something I noticed covering the primaries and now. The candidates with the best websites with the working websites are the ones who make it to the election Mm -hmm. and do better in the election. The exception to that is, let me look at my list because I know his name when I'll see it. Um, Rick Altman, your website sucks and it didn't actually work. (laughs) So his WordPress article just wouldn't load. If anybody on that campaign is listening, next time. Have a working website. I, I, I love you being that. Frustrated just like the dead that. link sites. Just, oh man, it's it wanted me to log in. Looks like 4chan <laughs> or something. It, it was it was just a lo- it said WordPress login and I was like what? Like that was the number one search result for his name was a WordPress login for his own website. Yeah, you have to be technologically savvy. Well, I, or find someone who I is don't, to do something for you. No, yeah, his login was for like. Somebody on his campaign mm-hmm. made that the top search result so that they could go to it and then log in to do something <laughs> on a website that didn't exist. Anyway, I'm irrationally angry about this. Um, okay, so now we'll talk about the proposals. Proposal yes. one, and I'm going to read this uh, right off what you will see in your ballot. Uh, marijuana, of course. This proposed constitutional amendment, I am reading the wrong one. Here Come on. Okay. You got to lay off the pot, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm stoned in the office. Um <laughs> This proposal would allow individuals 21 and older to purchase, possess, and use marijuana and edibles, etc. Impose a 10-ounce limit for marijuana kept at residencies and require amounts of 2.5 ounces to be secured in locked containers. Create a state licensing system for marijuana businesses that includes three classes that get progressively larger with the amount of plants you can have. Uh, Permit retail sales of marijuana and edibles subject to a 10% tax. And then that tax would go to schools roads, clinical trials, and municipalities where those businesses are located, so it'll be going back into the community. Change several current violations for crimes to civil infractions, so I assume if... I don't know, it doesn't quite specify what those crimes are, so I'm not 100% yeah. sure. And then, I think it would probably be like similar, like, what what you would do with alcohol, like if you were driving under the influence or something. Okay. Or like... Or if you were underage with it, maybe. Underage, yeah. Had too or, much. Right. The underage thing is interesting, because... When you tell people that weed's going to be legalized and they're going out to vote and they're 18 years old, they're going to expect like, so? to. They're well, like, I'm going to be able to smoke as soon as I get back. Oh, you will. They're helping cool themselves three yeah. years in the future. And yeah. I feel like it'll be, I don't know, maybe it won't well, be there's, laid there's, back. There, there, but there's two things about this proposal that I'm a little iffy about. I I feel like it could protect workers a little bit more. I hope it does. Because I know that one thing is like it's still completely legal for, you know, renters to you know, kick you out for using mm, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and still employers. legal for employers to say that, you know, it's, you're not allowed to, which yeah. I mean, employers don't dictate whether or not you can drink alcohol. Yeah. It's of, ridiculous I mean, for some jobs, some jobs, do. but 
And then the second thing, have you guys seen those like Moms Against Pot ads They're going so around cringy. on Facebook now? They're the like, cringiest thing There's ever. this ad with a woman holding a big bag of pot. I and saw she, that. And, and, no, I wait, skipped it by on, accident. Yeah, and she, she's like, this is how much pot you could buy. If pro-. And I'm like, is this really like an attack ad? Because I'm just like, oh crap, I can have that much pot now? Holy it looks shit. like really Woo-hoo. shitty weed too. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like straight up Mount Pleasant some weed. dirt weed. Mount Pleasant weed. But yeah, she she like has this giant parsley. bag. She's like, yeah, you can have this much and you can have plants. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like that, that's a pretty good size right. bag. I wonder and what she's non- criminalizing it. Yeah, I wonder what non-pot smokers think of that amount of weed. Like They think you're just going to die. Like, is that a Probably lot of weed? Probably overdose. I guess so. Well, I, 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 they just think it's like the gateway thing. I mean, I, I still encounter that argument and I still encounter a lot of like people that believe like, oh, if you smoke pot, it's going to make you, you know, schizophrenic. It's going to make yeah. your children have abnormalities, which there's some evidence to suggest that like yeah, the whole organs being born outside. That. But yeah. also, but, it's okay. not that's a very quick fix thing that occurs very often. At also, Earth. weed, like everything else, will affect every single person differently. So exactly. if one person hears something or something while they're smoking, that probably means that person has some sort of mental health issue and should not be doing any sort of drug. Well, pr- like pr- pregnant women drink and smoke cigarettes still, and we still right. have so those to be legally purchased in the market. Yeah. Exactly. Like you, like just because someone can make a bad choice with a substance doesn't mean this, that the substance should have a stigma that puts people in prison. Exactly. And I think our generation is going to hopefully tentate that stigma away because I don't know. Many people our age, people who don't smoke weed our age, don't hate it. They yeah, don't, don't really see anybody. anything wrong with weed. it. They right. just are like, eh, I don't like being high, Not which is me. fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. You but don't have to don't smoke. Yeah. criminalize it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there is something to be said. Uh, a lot of studies have come out and saying weed is bad for you if you're under 18. And it absolutely is. If you're under sure, 18, yeah. you should absolutely not be smoking weed, should not be drinking alcohol, should not be doing any drugs like that. Um, so... Disclaimer. Before people go out and say weed's the best thing ever, it's it's only good. There are some drawbacks, and you should absolutely not those, be using. Those it people drive me insane. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's super annoying. It's like we get your pro weed, but let's be real here. Yeah. Um, also, uh, proposal two. Um, anybody want to read this, or should I go through it? You can um, just do it. We don't have paper. this. So. Okay, we. I was just gonna hand it to you. Oh no, uh, you go we, ahead. Um, so we've talked about all these proposals before, but I'm going to read some more of the ballot language. Right. Um, a proposal can constitutional amendment to establish a commission of citizens with exclusive authority to adopt district boundaries for the Michigan Senate, Michigan House of Representatives, and U.S. Congress every 10 years. The proposed constitutional amendment would create a commission of 13 registered voters randomly selected by the Secretary of State, four of who self-identify as affiliated with the two major political parties, so four from each party, and five who self-identify as unaffiliated from a major political party. Prohibit partisan office holders and candidates, their employees, and blah, blah, blah. So if you're involved in politics, you can't do it. Um, There will be new criteria um, to make the districts more logical because right now they don't make any sense. Districts, for example, shall not provide disproportionate advantages to political parties or candidates. So I don't know exactly how they're going to do that, but there will be some sort of advising that helps stop that. Uh, it'll require an appropriation of funds for commission operations and commissioner operate compensation. So these people are going to be paid. We don't quite know how much. Um, Good step in the right direction, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think most people can agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. think most people can, can. Most people can say gerrymandering is bad, and we should not do it. Um, it's like it's like the whole net net neutrality thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say this one's kind of a given that it's going to be passed. I see Prop One passing. I don't see Prop Two passing. 
You don't see Prop 2 passing? Yeah, because I think the majority of people have so little faith in the other majority of people that they're not going to... Like, if you're a Republican, I don't... Like, if, if you think your party is going to take control of Michigan, you probably shouldn't vote for this. I disagree. I kind of think... I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like most common sense people can see that gerrymandering affects everyone in a bad way. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of see all three proposals being passed. I think it's worth an experiment. I think it's worth trying. Obviously, the system we have right now isn't working. So. Okay. Uh, The third one, a proposal to authorize automatic and election day voter registration, no reason absentee voting and straight ticket voting. And add current legal requirements for military and overseas voting and post-election audits to the Michigan Constitution. This proposed constitutional amendment would allow a United States citizen who is qualified to vote in Michigan to become automatically registered to vote when applying for, updating, or renewing a driver's license or state-issued personal identification card unless that person declines. I wonder if that'll count student IDs. Um, I was just going to ask if that counts people in incarceration. No, no, it doesn't. Mm. I wish people who were incarcerated could vote because Same. there's nothing in the Constitution that says they don't. Um, but well, for some reason, we've given that up. To vote right now, if you don't have a driver's license, you can take your student ID. So Okay. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, next, it uh, simultaneously register to vote with proof of residency and obtain a ballot during the two-week period prior to up, prior to election and up to and including election day. So if you want to register to vote, you can register to do that any time before Election Day, which would be really powerful. That's awesome. Um, if I could register for an absentee ballot any day before Election Day, I would be voting. I, however, cannot, and so I won't be voting. You're going home to vote, aren't you? I cannot. I have class till 630. No. Same. Aren't your professors going to excuse you? No. They're supposed to. They will not. You haven't. Have you talked to any of them about it? Um, I know that they'd be like, yeah, you can go home and do that, but we're not going to forgive you for missing this Actually, you don't know that aren't, aren't, they, aren't they required no, to no it's encouraged. an encouragement so uh, at the academic first academic senate committee um or academic senate meeting of the year um they passed a resolution to they can't like require professors to do anything yet mm-hmm. but right now they're all encouraged to dismiss or like it's use students from class and not schedule any exams or anything on those days on voting days to encourage students to go home and vote i'm getting a 65 in vietnam history i can't miss a class Vietnam history i thought it would be really easy i got a 92 in nazi germany history dude i should have taken that what are these classes i didn't take any these were electives for me this is political science stuff so like Mm. that's my minor and Mm -hmm. i love this class shout out to i believe my professor's name is kevin hall david hall one of the two i have michael hall his last name's Hall. Shout, 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 shout at him. I think I accidentally emailed that Hall trying to email my Hall. Maybe. So he got a Vietnam <laughs> thesis. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Are we done with all of that stuff? Can I we think so. end on a lighthearted note? Yes. I'm going to pull up this story because this is a reporter named Isaac. Isaac Ritchie. Isaac Ritchie, who I met his first day in the office. And I remember <laughs> him saying something along the lines of, hey, man, if I ever need like advice... Or, like, I remember telling him, like, yeah, if you ever need advice or you want help with something, mm-hmm. let me know. Um, this kid's a, I say kid, he's a year younger than me, if that. He's a way better reporter than I already Extremely am. Extremely dedicated. I'm going to try and find my tweet. Who so, is this? Isaac Ritchie, he yeah. is, you've seen him in the office. He has blonde, spiky hair. He's really nice and friendly is and he quiet. Is a little boy? 
Is he's a child. He's a child. I wish he was my kid. No, I'd be so proud. Like a year younger than us. He's a sophomore, I believe. Oh, okay. But um, if I don't know you why I thought this was a kid. <laughs> if you live in Mount Pleasant, if you're a student in Mount Pleasant, you've most likely seen a man who plays the violin on the corner of Mission and I believe Bluegrass yes, Road. Yes, Mission Bluegrass. He I love that guy. Plays violin on the corner of two very busy streets and. I, before reading Isaac's story about him, assumed that he was just like a, for some reason, I just assumed he was a man who was trying to get money or something for his violin. Yeah, but shouldn't have assumed that, especially since violins are so expensive. I don't know why I was thinking that. But He spent all his money on that violin. Yeah, it's just this man who loves the violin. He's retired. He spent his entire life traveling the country playing his violin. And now just on Friday nights, likes to come to Mount Pleasant from Harrison just to play his violin. Yeah, 76-year-old man Michael Corman? Corman, yes. Um... So I actually watched Isaac do this. I was in my warm car and it was like 45 degrees out. Mm-hmm. And I looked to my right and I saw a dude with a violin and a guy with a camera and a notepad writing stuff down. And I was like, <laughs> he looks familiar. And I was like, oh, that's Isaac. What is he doing? He's writing a story right now on like a Saturday at like 2 p.m. Like, I honestly respect this kid's hustle so much. Um, and it's a beautifully written story. Yeah, Isaac, so um, great. I believe, is still an English major, but he... You can tell just in all of the stories that he has an English background and he also has a very keen sense for a good story. Yeah, I'm going to read the lead. Yeah, please um, do. As the street. Hang on, let me get. As the street's lights changed from green to yellow to red, Michael Corman's fingers flushed the same red color as he gripped his violin. Oh, Isaac. Good job. That's Dude, so nice. Seriously. This is a this is a great article, and honestly, I respect the hustle, and I look up to you. I love that guy. Yeah, I'd always see him like leaving grocery shopping. I'd always <laughs> it, like I I don't know. I I, I used to live in Ipsy, mm-hmm. so I would go to Ann Arbor a lot, and you see more of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like when I moved here, I don't know that that this kind of made me miss Ipsy and stuff. I bet. It's very but, heartwarming. Yeah, it, it's it's cool seeing people do that with their mm-hmm. lives. I wish more people, especially older people, they mm-hmm. probably get lonely, and they probably. Definitely. You know, they want to express those things that they like still. So Well, and I love, I think this man is still married. His wife is still alive. He just likes to come play his violin. And good on him. Yeah. Just like, I wish I had the courage to just like go outside and just right. like do something I like doing. Especially in a town like Mount Pleasant where you don't know what people might do to you yeah, on like, the side of the road. Someone could, oh, I hope no one's ever been mean to him. That's what I've always been him. so worried about. The dude's just blessing the street. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to read the last uh paragraph because it's great despite playing around the world the kalamazoo native said one of his fondest memories is when he and his father would go fishing north of big rapids if they did not catch anything corman said they would stop at a trout farm in paris to have some fish to take home i love that i love that isaac just kind of had the foresight to yeah, this put is a, that in this there. is a great feel-good article good old boy yeah <laughs> if if you're listening and you want to read this the title is violinist serenades mount pleasant drivers by isaac ritchie Please check this out. Please check out Isaac's stuff because he's a phenomenal piece writer. Of journalism yeah. for sure. Yep, he's the best of us. Thank you, Isaac, <laughs> so much. Thank you, Michael Corman, for serenading the Mount Pleasant community. Oh, that's a nice note to end on. Yeah. All right. We are in it together, guys. Okay.